Hello everyone and welcome to episode 20 of the NFNL podcast. I'm Samuel Zito, joined as always by Jared Gardner. Jared, we are certainly getting now to the pointy end of the campaign. Finals upon us in the senior men's competition in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. We're well and truly um, getting through the finals in our three women's football competitions and certainly netball reaching that stage as well. Junior grand finals this weekend. It's all happening across the Northern Football Netball League and we know it's final round action in two of our senior men's competition in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 and A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. It's certainly an exciting time of year. Yeah, it definitely is. Once again, thank you for having me on the NFNL podcast this week. It's it's, it's a huge week of Northern Football Netball League. Um, footy and Netball as a whole, it's going it's to be a huge week, especially Division 1. You kind of look at the results and there's still a final spot to play for there. Um, into Division 2, the, the final four is set, but um, positions might be able to change it in this last round. And Division 3, uh, a big final series coming up. Never know who's going to win it. Yes, certainly that's that's the case. It's a, it's an exciting time of year. It's For mine, it's it feels a bit strange that in A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2, we won't have... I guess, anything riding in terms of a side pushing into the top four. That, that all came to a halt with St Mary's upset win over Diamond Creek. That was one of the major stories of the weekend. The Borough have certainly been an improved side over the uh, the course of the second half of the season, but Diamond Creek would be ruining that opportunity. I think there'd be a few at Thomastown who may be investing in St Mary's memberships next year or whatnot because they certainly received a massive favour with the Borough getting the win, but that was certainly one of the big talking points over the weekend. Yeah, exactly. The Thomastown the, the, got a love affair with St Mary's now after that result on the weekend it cements their spot in finals uh, as you said St Mary's have had a, a great first season in Division 2 and, and will only look to improve next year yeah well that's now that means they've beaten Diamond Creek Banyul and Thomastown this year um, so you've got three of the top five sides um, it's a, a really great achievement and obviously when we say top five one of those was potentially you know really pushing for that top four spot as well so close enough against Altham earlier in the year likewise against Whittlesey so they're certainly a side on the rise in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1 we were at different games on the weekend I saw the top of the table clash between Greensborough and Heidelberg we'll of course go through those in more depth later through the program but that was a telling result with Greensboro pretty convincing in its victory, the clear favourite for this year's flag. As I said, we'll go through that later on, but you were at the game that probably has the biggest impact in terms of a finals position, uh, given the fact there was live spots up for grabs. Montmorency away to McLeod clinched a thrilling victory in Gary Ramsey's return to DeWinton Park for the first time since, of course, coaching McLeod last year. Dramatic day, Montmorency now in the box seat to play finals. Yeah, definitely a huge result for Montmorency, travelling to DeWinton Park with so much on the line um, and, and just that extra thought, Gary Ramsey, first game back at DeWinton Park. It was just a huge result for them to get it done. It was a, a true arm wrestle. It was just the margin never got, I think it only got above 10 points either way once uh, during the match and, and that was after Montmorency kicked five goal, uh, three goals in five minutes at the start of the fourth quarter and uh, just did enough to win and a great performance and a confidence booster going into finals. Yeah, absolutely. So for them now to to make finals, they just simply have to win this week against Lowell Plenty, who are, of course, bottom of the ladder, consigned to the fact they're being relegated. But we do know that Lowell Plenty did win the last battle between the sides back in round one, a come-from-behind victory that day. So just throws a little bit of excitement in. Of course, two next-door neighbours, great rivalry between the two clubs as well. But Montmorency knows their fate's in their own hands. They win, they play finals. If they lose, well, then they're hoping that McLeod loses to West Preston Lakeside. 
Um, the only way McLeod can make it from here a sixth consecutive finals would, would be to, to win that game in the grand final rematch at home and then have Lowell Plenty cause the boil over with a win or a draw. We think if that happened that McLeod's percentage should get them in given the fact that as we currently speak, they are, I think it's 4% above um, the Montmorency Footy Club. So you'd imagine they'd go through on percentage. But then when you're banking on draws, it's uh, it's not the greatest thing, is it? So they really need the, the Lowell Plenty to sort of call, to cause one of the great upsets this weekend to play finals. It's uh, It's been a dramatic fall for, for McLeod, obviously four grand finals in a row. Looked like they had the final spot secured a couple of weeks ago, uh, particularly when they had that win against Heidelberg. Looked like they could really threaten, but in recent weeks, haven't been able to produce their best. And now as it stands, they're sitting in sixth spot with one round remaining in the season. Yeah, well, it just shows you only have to be off your game for one or two weeks and, and the pack kind of catches you. Montmorency have had a great last month and have forced their way into that finals picture and into that fifth spot at the moment. McLeod, they'll take a lot of positives out of that match against Montmorency on the weekend, but um, as you said, Montmorency lost to Lowell Plenty last time they met, so it's, it's going to be an interesting one. McLeod will say, well, there's definitely a chance that we can take this final spot, but... Uh, they've got a tough task, tough task up against West Preston Lakeside. They certainly do. Of course, the final starts in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 this weekend. All those games to be played at the Whittlesea Showgrounds Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, we have the second semi-finals in, in both the seniors and reserves competition. There's also under-19s action in Division 2 with the, the qualifying finals as well. So we'll go through those games. Um, uh, we may as well just read them out from, from the top. So on, on, the, on the Saturday, we'll see showgrounds. We've got in the seniors, we've got Panton Hill up against Lorimer. In the reserves, Heidelberg West against Kilmore. And in the qualifying final, in the Division 2 under-19s, Mill Park takes on Mernda. All that action at Whittlesea Showgrounds. And then on Sunday, we have in the seniors, Kilmore up against South Morang. In the reserves, it's Old Altham Collegians against Mernda. And then in the Division 2 under-19s, it is a elimination final where Lowell Plenty takes on West Preston Lakes. So the under-19 Division 2 competition will align back with the Division 2 seniors and reserves the following weekend when we get to, to semi-finals. But looking at this weekend's fixtures, Jared, uh, without specifically going into the, the games as such, it's great to see so many sides covered. We've got um, you know a good mix. I think it's only... Kilmore, who has in the Division 3 reserves and seniors both their sides through, their senior side, a, a first finals appearance in 17 years, certainly their first finals appearance in the Northern Football Netball League. Old Altham Collegians in their first year, good to see them represented in their reserves grade. And Heidelberg Westville, they finished first in the reserves, of course, last year as a club broke a long finals drought, getting their reserves through to the grand final. But great to see so many clubs represented during the final series. Yeah, it's a, it's a great result for Kilmore especially. I think having two sides in the finals is a real benefit because you get 40, 40 to 50 players out on the track every week um, going into finals. So it's going to be interesting to see if that can help them a little bit going into finals in both, uh, in both seniors and reserves. But yeah, good to see so many different clubs represented. Absolutely right. It certainly helps with when it comes to having players you know, match fit if, if you need to use them later in the final series. If your seniors progress, it also helps with availability of, of players as well with the way that the, the rules apply to, to being uh, eligible to play finals as well. So great effort for Kilmore there. We'll go through the action 
Damien Holderberg Golf Club Division 3 later in the program. As we said earlier, we have preliminary finals in the Watermark uh, NFNL Women's Final Series. Of course, all three grades now reaching preliminary finals this weekend. Uh, VU Western Spurs, massive congratulations to them. Three sides all banking a grand final spot at the weekend. They won all three second semi-finals on the Saturday out at Epping Recreation Reserve. It is a remarkable achievement to have just get, get one or two sides in, but to have all three through as the, the first-ranked side as well, uh, again, remarkable achievement. Had to really battle it out against Darabin in the Division 1 game. They've been a dominant force all year, the Spurs, but Darabin took it right up to them uh, throughout the course of that game there. Did it much more comfortably in, in Division 2 by downing South Morang. And in Division 3, they uh, also knocked over Lorimer by 16 points. So three sides through. Pretty remarkable. Now, this weekend, we'll find out who their opponents will be on the big dance. Yeah, exactly. And, and three sides through, and not only through, but through uh, automatically um, finishing first and later. It's just been such a remarkable year for, for that footy club. And um, it, they'd probably go in as favourites in all three divisions. I think and they have to. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a scary thought because going up against any of those sides um, on grand final day is going to be tough. Well, we know the Division 1 and 2 sides haven't dropped a game all year. In Division 3, they finished second, beat... Uh, sorry, they finished first, rather, with a, a win over Greensboro in the final round of the season. A close game, that one there. Greensboro lost the opening week of the finals to Lorimer. And what was a bit of an upset at yep. the time, but bounced back absolutely emphatically at the weekend. Uh, down to Hurstbridge side, which was in great form by 63 points. So the Borough, they'll march into this week's preliminary final, where they will be up against Lorimer. That's 10am Sunday at Epping Rec Reserve. Uh, the following game, the Division 2 game, uh, will be played from 11.55. South Morang up against Heidelberg. This will be a great contest. South Morang a comfortable winner when they met in the qualifying final at the weekend, pretty soundly beaten by VU, but Heidelberg bounced back and had a, a good win uh, up against Eltham, won that game there by 34 points, so they responded emphatically, ended Eltham's finals hopes. The Panthers last year came from fourth to reach a grand final. Uh, this time around, they had a good win in the first week, but Emma Rowe, the star for Heidelberg, she kicked five goals in that performance and, and got her side across the line and, uh, and then also in uh, the ANZ Division 1 women's competition. Darabin, as we said, went down to VU Western Spurs, but put up a great fight. Only went down by 19 points. It was as close as anyone's gotten to VU this year. And Diamond Creek women's, well, they were emphatic in the victory over Montmorency. They went into the finals in fourth spot. They've won two consecutive games, both by pretty comfortable margins. And later in the program, we'll talk to Cole Wallington, who's the coach of Diamond Creek Women's Division 1 side. This weekend, they take on Darabin. It's an old rivalry in women's footy. And the winner of that one, Jared, goes on to play VU Western Spurs, where, in a way, without wanting to build too much pressure on VU, that everyone's, given the fact they're going through undefeated, everyone expects them to be the favourite going into the grand final. So whoever wins between Darabin and Diamond Creek Women's has a real opportunity on grand final day where they'll be seen as the major underdog and a chance to maybe cause an upset. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, Darabin Diamond Creek is such a phenomenal matchup and, and such a storied matchup in women's footy, uh, especially out here in the northern suburbs. So great to see both those sides out on preliminary final day and fighting for that last spot in the grand final. Um, as you said, Darabin took it up to VU Western Spurs in the in the semi-final, but uh, VU just too good. It, it's going to be a real interesting matchup, and I can't wait to see who wins that one. And 
It is now grand final weekend in the junior competition. The best and fairest night was held earlier this week, so congratulations to all those award winners and the finalists as well. Um, some you know honourable mentions as well to uh, Montmorency Junior Football Club, which took out the, the junior club of the year. We had all the uh, special recognition awards as well. Great to see Linton Martin from Keon Park recognised by taking out the Lou Hall Award. Um, representative awards were provided on the night as well, and, and uh, two Coach of the Year um, awards were given out. Uh, respectively to uh, Owen Blizzard as the, the Youth Coach of the Year and Kath Isaac as the Junior Coach of the Year. So congratulations to them. All the results at nfnl.org.au. And before we go to our first break, Jared, it is would be remiss to not mention this weekend finals right across all of our 12 netball sections. In the uh, sections one to four, we have the first and second semifinals this Friday on August 23. Those games to be played across Myrna Central College and Harvest Home Primary School. Sections 5 to 8 have their prelims. They're to be held at the same venues. And, of course, winners there go through to the grand final. But the first of the grand finals takes place this weekend. Sections 9 to 12. It's at Parade College. Games from 6.30, 7.30, 8.30 and 9.30. But always exciting when grand final come around and we get to provide the, the first bits of silverware for the season. Yeah, exactly. It's that time of year and it's a really exciting time. Um, sections 9 to 12 netball are going to be some great games being played and it'll be good to see some, some big crowds down there cheering on their, their, their netball clubs. Absolutely. We're expecting big crowds because there's eight sides represented across the four games. So in section 9 at 6.30, we've got Thomastown 3 up against Northcote Park 3. In section 10 from 7.30, we've got Watsonia 4 up against South Morang 3. At 8.30, Montmorency 4 up against Fitzroy Stars 4. And in the section 12, the side of Heat 4 up against Bundura 7 from 9.30. All those games at Parade College. Wishing all those sides the best of luck. As we said, great to see eight sides represented across those four grand finals. But a big weekend right across the board with finals uh, right through the uh, the junior grades, the netball competitions, the women's. And in the senior men's, we reach finals, but also have a, a pretty dramatic final round coming up as well, which we'll touch on in a few moments' time. You are listening to the NFNL Podcast. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. We now move into Meadows Greyhounds Division 1, where Jared Gardner, as we said in the intro to this week's program, Dramatic round 17 where Montmorency took the box seat to play finals. We saw Greensboro really emerge as the premiership favourite with a pretty dominant win over Heidelberg. It sets the scene for a round 18 where I guess there's two fixtures that are going to have a major say on, on who plays finals. Obviously the first of those at Montmorency Park where Montmorency takes on Lower Plenty, the two next door neighbours. At De Winton Park we have the second of this year's grand final rematches. McLeod simply must win against West Preston Lakeside. The Roosters themselves, well they're locked in to play finals this year, a third successive year. It looked pretty shaky at Norton 6 but they've done well to, to bounce right back. And the other three games we've got coming up this weekend, Heidelberg at home to Northcote Park, the Cougars will mathematically they can still make it but given the fact that they're one game and uh, some 14% behind Montmorency they'd need a miracle to play finals from there and we've got also Greensboro at home to Hurstbridge and the round will conclude at Shelley Reserve where North Heidelberg takes on Bandura and what's going to be an emotional day in, in Gary Moorcroft's last game but round 18 I think most of the focus is going to be on what occurs at, at Montmorency Park you saw the Magpies live at the weekend they overcame McLeod 
do you think based on, on that? I mean, they're going to go in as favourites this week, no doubt. Yeah. They're playing a side that's only won two games this year, but do you think of, of what you've seen that they can really contend if they do book that final spot? Yeah, I think definitely they can. They've, they've got the side. They've got so many stars in that side, obviously. Um, in that midfield, you've got Jesse Donaldson, Jai Robinson, Jordan Steele is, is a good midfield group to have. And then you go forward, Paddy Fitzgerald didn't really have the impact um, on, on Saturday. I only kicked the one goal and... Um, the conditions underfoot probably didn't suit him the best, but um, it'll be interesting to see if, if he can get out onto Preston City Oval. I think he can do some, some massive damage. and uh, So so they've got the tools to, to go into finals and, and really make a splash in finals. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, this weekend, they, they know what's at stake. There's certainly going to be pressure on them, but without being disrespectful, if they can't beat Lowell Plenty, you'd have to yeah. really question you know, what their finals merits actually are. But uh, you'd, you'd imagine that they're going to play finals for the first time in, since 2014. So uh, one of the, the sleeping giants of, of the Northern Football Netball League re-emerging again this year. Um, if they do make finals, the side they're going to play is West Preston Lakeside. They'll be hoping uh, that the Roosters get the job done this week against McLeod to absolutely assure the, the, the final spot. But uh, on West Preston and McLeod game, second grand final rematch of the year. McLeod, well, as I said in, in the intro, we thought that they were really building towards final. Started Norton 4, uh, then went on to win you know, over over the next stretch, you know, seven games to get to, to round 16 was it was a pretty good achievement. Had the draw against uh, North Heidelberg, um, you know, beat Heidelberg at, at home convincingly. But their last month hasn't been great. It, it has to be be said they've lost their past two against both Montmorency and Northcote Park. They had close-ish wins against both of Hurstbridge, but also Lowell Plenty, where in both games they had to to get over the line late and, and win both by 10 points. And before that soundly beaten by West Preston Lakeside. So their last five weeks hasn't been overly convincing. And I know they're the home side this week. At the weekend, they dropped the game at Mont at home. It was actually their first home loss since back in round four. But you'd have to argue, given West Preston's recent form, that the Roosters are going to go there as as favourites and potentially claim a second win in the grand final rematch of 2019. Yeah, I'd say West Preston definitely going as favourites. It's it's something we've said, uh, I think I say it pretty much every year, to to make finals, you've got to beat the sides around you on the ladder. And McLeod, just unfortunately, the last two weeks, they've dropped a game to Northcote Park and a game to Montmorency, teams that are also vying for those finals spots. So when you're losing those games, that they're really eight, they're really like truly eight point games. Um, so it's it's tough one. They're tough ones for McLeod to have dropped, but they can go into this week against West Preston and say, well, our fate is really, um, it's almost in our own hands because if we don't win, there's no chance at all of us playing finals. So. Um, they'll do everything they can yeah. this week. They're just going to play it as it yeah. is, a final, isn't it? And then whatever will be is, is what happens at, at the other venue at uh, Montmorency Park. West Preston Lakeside, uh, they have certainly built towards this year's finals campaign. I think they'll be confident they get there, that uh, they can really cause some damage. They're going to have to you know, make some great history if they're to go all the way to come from fourth spot. Haven't seen a side uh, do that since... Back in, in 2012 when Northcote Park came from, from fourth, albeit we have seen some sides really progress through final series and reach prelims and whatnot, but uh, to come from fourth is obviously a major challenge. They have to win four finals, but they're getting their best side or something of their best side back on the park. At the weekend, both Aidan Tilly and Mark Kovacevic featured in the side, so great gets to get on the eve of the finals. We know that uh, they've got some VFL talent, which potentially comes in as well if they get to final. So they're really starting to to build. And at the weekend, 
Uh, they had a convincing win over Bandura. We expected them to win, given the fact that they're in the better form. Bandura, we know, has lost, I think it's now, well, it's, it is, it's seven games in a row. But Bandura playing at Yulong Reserve for the last time with Gary Moorcroft in the side. It was a big day for the club. And West Preston, you have to give them real credit. Um, early on, it was a real arm wrestle, but broke the game open uh, probably from, from the second quarter onwards and went on for a 38-point win. But you have to really like what, what they're starting to produce. Ahmed Saad kicks eight. Didn't have a, a standout game by any stretch. It was yeah. one of those games where the goals just kept accumulating. But um, to finish with eight, he's in great form. And, and the Roosters would be... I think they'd be really confident that if, when they get to finals that they can really cause some damage. This weekend against McLeod, a, a chance to, to fine-tune him. And as we know, it's a massive game for the opposition club as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, a, a huge luxury that they get two players back in the side. Aidan Tilly, who's played footy at Coburg this year, and Markov Asevich, who best on ground in the grand final last year. So um, he played his first game since, I think, round seven, I believe. Um, uh, so it's a great get to get him back in the side because he's just such a dominant force in the ruck and he works so well around the ground for West Preston. So um, they're, just, they're building very nicely and they're, they're, they're sitting really nice going into finals. Yeah, we've only played played the four games this year. Kovacevic obviously been uh, an injury-riddled campaign. You're right, his last game back in round seven. So a great time to, to get him back into the lineup. Just looking back on some of the other results from the weekend, Lowell Plenty took it up to North Heidelberg, but the Dogs were able to stretch out late six goals to three in the last quarter. And we also had Hurstbridge and Northcote Park's finals hopes. Uh, the Bridges will... They've created their own history. First time ever that they've won six games in the top flight competition. So a real credit to them. They won five in 2017. It was a real goal of theirs once they started getting into form this year to, to create that piece of history. So they're showing some really good signs going forward to next year. Cooper Perrin kicked four goals. Mitch Hymas had another great game. The Cougars, David, really disappointed. Had a great win against McLeod a week prior, but just didn't show up. The first half, 11 goals to two down. And now it looks like they'll certainly miss finals for the second year on end. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's an unfortunate end to the season for Northcote Park, but Hurstbridge, you kind of look at that result and say, well, six wins. We, I think people around the league kind of thought maybe they'd be battling it out with lower plenty for relegation this year, but um, they're sitting in eighth spot. I know it's a little bit lower on the ladder, but they've been really impressive this season and they can take a lot of confidence going into 2020. I think if you said at the start of the year that they'd finish above Bandura, they yeah. might have thoughts that they could be playing finals, yeah. but uh, it hasn't worked that way. But they've certainly shown that they can contend, and I think they're a side going forward they'll keep a lot of this list together remembering at the weekend you know, Tom Simpson wasn't in the side who's been one of the key players through the middle of the ground he's missed the last couple with a, a collarbone injury but they're building nicely and, and the other game from the weekend and, and one that I think really deserves a, a good look at is the game between Greensboro and Heidelberg the Borough too good in the end final score flattered Heidelberg they kicked the last four goals lost by 34 points started well Chas Sargent kicked two of the first three goals and was having a great start on, on Nick Riddle. He performed well right through the game, Chas Sargent, but Greensboro's midfield really got the upper hand throughout the game. They were able to rotate those players through the forward line. It's a hybrid mix-up forward. They didn't have either Brody Tickle or also Tyne and Smith, but they still managed to kick 15 goals against a strong Heidelberg defence. Ben Fennell led the way with four, Zach McCubbin three. Uh, Andrew Stellis also played a really good game, but this Greensboro side, I know it didn't have an impact on the ladder. They have they had already, well, for all intents and purposes, wrapped up first spot and the minor premiership. They've absolutely, absolutely secured that now uh, with that victory. They go three games and percentage clear in first with a round to play. So their first minor premiership since 2015, 
But I think more importantly for them, that was a big win for their, I guess, mental side of things going into the finals to know that they've now beaten every opposition and had convincing wins against some of the sides they'll meet in the finals being Heidelberg, North Heidelberg, West Preston Lakeside, and they've also beaten Montmorency if they are the side that uh, pushes into the finals as well. So they're going to go in as, as the premiership favourite, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a convincing win. As you said, the margin probably flattered Heidelberg in the end. They kick a few late goals and uh, bring it back to 34 points. Greensboro have just been a machine all year. They've just been ticking along really nicely. Um, they've had players go out with injuries, but players that come into the side have, have done their job and, and played a good role. So... They've got a, a really good group of players um, in that senior side, and uh, I think Mick Harford knows that if he if he does get an injury, um, hopefully he doesn't, but they've got players in the reserves that are just ready to come back in and play their role. Yeah, absolutely. The depth of that club is outstanding. We know they've always uh, had a, a strong under-19s program, but the, the reserves this year flying as well. Heidelberg certainly had... Um, you know some some excuses there. They had some some real key personnel not playing as well. No Jack Blair, Josh Gribben didn't play. Aaron Crisp was good to see him run around in the twos, but they'll come back in. Will Goss, Jordan Sutterby, Nathan Honey. They've got plenty of depth to come back into the lineup as well, but didn't help their cause. They played with basically 21 all day. Eamon McCuskey was injured in the first term in a, in a marking contest, so um, they've got you know some some good ins to come. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but I think at the weekend. Um, after Heidelberg had beaten Greensboro in the earlier outing between the sides at Warringal Park. I think Greensboro was pretty keen to, to right that wrong and, and they were able to do that in pretty comprehensive manner. Round 18, the final round, we've said it right throughout, where we know that there's two games that are going to shape the top five. Jared, uh, if you were to have uh, your tips in those games there, those first two, Montmorency versus Lowell Plenty and McLeod, West Preston, Lakeside, which way would you be tipping in those two? I think Montmorency will win. They, they get a lot of confidence going off last week and, and they'll know that they just simply need to win to make finals. I think McLeod can definitely cause an upset, especially at home. There's just so much to play for for that side. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get... if they uh, Brad Leggett obviously got injured in the game against Montmorency. It'll be interesting to see if he is back in the side um, this week. So... I, th- I think McLeod will win that one, cause a bit of an upset, but it just won't be enough. I think Montmorency will win as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Montmorency definitely wins, and I actually think West Preston goes on and win. I, I don't think they, they want to flirt with form. I know for them, they're, they're going to be playing in the elimination final regardless, but uh, I think that they're a side that's built momentum. You'd hate to, to lose that in the last round by taking the game lightly, so I think they go on and, uh, and win that one as well, and it means McLeod for mine misses finals for the first time since 2013. The other games we have in store, we'll just back on that Lowell Plenty Mont game. Um, amazing what happened last time. Seven goals to one in Mont's favour. They kicked the first seven as well. Uh, and then Lower comes back and scores a convincing six goal win. So I'm sure that will get uh, brought up at some point from Mont if they do need any extra motivation, which what more could yeah. you need than a final spot? But if they did, um, that would certainly get brought up. And, and the other games that we've got coming up in, in round 18. Uh, see Greensboro at home to Hurstbridge. Greensboro looking to uh, go through the year undefeated at home. Hurstbridge has proven a worthy opposition throughout the course of this year, so Borough certainly favourite, but Hurstbridge not without their, their claims. Heidelberg is back at Warringal Park taking on a Northcote Park side, which, as we said, needs a minor miracle to, to somehow find its way into finals, given the fact they're a game and 14% behind, so that looks very unlikely, so Heidelberg can fine-tune before taking on North Heidelberg in the qualifying final the following week, and on the doggies, they wrap up the home and away season with a home game up against Bandura, but given the fact this has no impact on the final standings, I think all eyes will be on Gary Moorcroft as 
Jared, one of the great careers in the Northern Football Netball League comes to an end. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a sad time around the Northern Footy Netball League because Gary Moorcroft has provided so many highlights over the years. I, I remember one of my first years with the league, 2013 Grand Final, took a huge hanger in the goal square. and It's, it's one of the marks that I'll remember forever. Um, in the 2017 Grand Final, kicking that winning goal, it's just um, there's so many great memories associated with Gary Moorcroft. And it, it's sad to see him um, leaving, uh, retiring, but... Um, a great career. Absolutely. To play into his 40s and, and produce at the level he has, it's been remarkable. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It's not just been his overall performance. He's done it in big games as well. There's also that massive mark against Northcote Park in yeah. a, I think it was an elimination final back in yeah. 2016, but he really delivered on the big stage. A career that's spanned more than 430 senior games, more than 1,200 goals. What a career it's been. And we've been fortunate enough to catch up with Gary Moorcroft ahead of his final senior game this weekend when Bundu travels to North Heidelberg. Gary, it's been a distinguished career. How hard has it been to make the decision to, to pull, pull time on, on your playing time? Oh, look, Samuel, it's always, I suppose, hard to pull a bit on something you enjoy doing and something you've loved for so long, but I suppose the good old body uh, can only go so far in the end. But, yeah, it's, um, yeah, look, it was a tough decision, but... Um, yeah, the body just can't keep up at the moment with a full season of, um, I suppose, senior footy. You've obviously got every, I guess, ounce of uh, of effort out, out of that body over the years now to, to be producing what you've produced, you know, into into your 40s. Had it been something that uh, you'd been thinking of in, in previous seasons or has it just been, I guess, over the course of this year, you're really finding that uh, it's harder to pull up each week? No, look, it's probably over the last, oh, look, I can say like four years I've, Struggled with a real bad shoulder injury, which I've carried for the last four years, um, and, a, and a knee that's troubled me as well for the last probably two, um, which I'll probably go in and get fixed up. But um, yeah, I've been been able to push through and soldier on and um, yeah, continue on my career. As I guess it gets to, towards the end, it's always a, a chance to to reflect back on on the time you've had in the game. Um, have you had a chance to to just reflect back on I guess what's uh, you know, how how important footy's been to you over over the journey? Oh, it has. Look, I suppose coming back to local level, um, you know, I'm one of those blokes who's a real competitor. Um, so I like to I suppose get the best out of myself and um, have a bit of success with teams I've played with. So hence. You know, the Bundura, the culture down there um, in terms of finals and um, yeah, not not playing this year is a bit disappointing, but I suppose I can look back on the three flags that I've won. They've been um, significant uh, games that I've been a part, part of over the, the journey with Bundura. So no, it's been a, a pretty good career that I've had down at, uh, down at the Bull Ring and um, yeah, I'll cherish every moment of it. Was there a connection when you when you first came across? I think you were at Sylvan prior to, to joining the Bulls. Was there a connection that uh, that got you to actually go across and, and make the move to Yulong Reserve? Oh, look, I, I went to school with a few boys down there, and I worked with Davey Mitchell as well. Um, he, he was trying to get me across for a little while, but um, I had a pretty good up at Sylvan, and you know, the people down there were really, you know, really, really good bunch of people, and I don't like chopping and changing clubs pretty often so no, I was pretty comfortable at Silver where I was at and just the, the, I suppose the travel to and fro up there started to get to me and the kids were getting a bit older as well so um, yeah it was um, yeah, pretty happy with the decision to come a little bit closer to home and um, yeah, play some footy with some good mates. What's the Bandura footy club meant to you over the years? Oh look it's 
I've met some wonderful people, some wonderful families. Um, you know, there's the Marshall family, which have been around that footy club for uh, tireless years. Um, the Grants, um, you know, you've got Nipper leading leading the club now who bleeds blue and white. Um, yeah, just uh, just the, the culture that gets inbred down into the, the new players is um, what you want and where the club needs to strive going forward. You've obviously had a, a decorated career right throughout. Uh, if we can just go back to, to where it all started, obviously uh, a part of that mighty Essendon uh, Premiership side in 2000 and, uh, and through that era uh, in the late 90s and, and early 2000s, obviously a, a bit of time at, at Melbourne as well. But if you look back on that time at Essendon, I'd imagine the Premiership's the, the real highlight. But um, what, are you, what are your reflections as, as you go back to your time in the AFL? Oh, look, I suppose as a little fella, you know, five or six, you're kicking a soccer around the house striving to, you know, well, I'd go for Collingwood back then, so the idols were Peter Dacos and Tony Shaw and these sort of blokes, and, um, you know, to have that dream come true, um, you know, was something, you know, very close that I yeah, cherish very much so, and look, my dad, I suppose my dad was a big part of that um, as I was a young fella, but he passed away when I was 14, so he didn't really get to see me fulfil that dream he wanted as well. So yeah, to get to get there was fantastic. But then to have the, I suppose, success was just a bit of icing on top. Um, as I said, you don't you don't play footy for individual accolades. You, you work pretty hard together as a group and train your, your backside off. And um, yeah, to get the rewards, yeah, exactly what you want. So you're forever immortalised at Essendon as a Premiership player, but always going to be remembered for that that mark in 2001 against the Western Bulldogs. I mean, how often does that get brought up uh, when you when you walk around the traps? Oh, it gets brought up a fair bit. Um, yeah, but I suppose that's part and parcel as well. I suppose that everyone takes a big grab these days and it gets brought up, um, whether it's better or whether it's up there with mine. And you know, It's just going to be something to you know sit behind the fence and look back on and suppose tell everyone how good it was when I'm 50. Well, I think it's uh, it, the, the pictures will, uh, will will paint all the words there, mate. Uh, it's obviously one of the, one of the all time great grabs. You've taken plenty in our league as well. Is there one that stands up uh, among others that uh, in your time playing for Bundura that you've taken? Oh, I've took a couple at year long that Cam Cam Cloak's probably not happy with. Um, <laughs> uh, but oh, probably the one. In, Oh, there's two, probably the two in the final series that I took against Mont and one against Northcote Park stand out. That's probably the two of the best ones I've taken. You, you're always going to be remembered as, as a great mark and obviously one of the great components of, of taking the specky, but uh, obviously your goal-kicking record speaks for itself as well. Across your career, you've played you know, more than 400 games at senior level through AFL, VFL and, and through local leagues as well and, and kicked over 1,200 goals. How proud are you of that record as, as you look back and to being able to, to do it, you know, as I said, uh, so long into your senior career? Oh, look, it's... You know, from coming from a, I suppose, a little fellow like me, sitting in a forward pocket, um, you know, competing against some big, strong bodies down, down in the back half, and um, yeah, to get, I suppose, get that many goals is, you know, something I'll look back on and, and, and cherish. Um, you know, as, as you said, I've, I've worked my backside off in terms of getting my body right and training on the off nights and um, doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's something I'll you know cherish going going away from footy. You've enjoyed the the I guess the rare achievement as well of of being able to play senior football with your son Bo. How's that that experience been for you? Oh, look, phenomenal. I don't think I said that to the boys on 
on um, Thursday night. Um, yeah, I suppose not many fathers get to, to play senior footy with their son. Um, you know, I would have liked to, I suppose, win a win a premiership with him, but he got one last year, which I was wrapped about, and so did so did Chloe as well. So, um, yeah, look, it's a a big big part of my life, and to have him out there is, you know, a blessing. You, you've obviously you talked about your, your time at the club and, and enjoying so much success on the field as well. There's there's three premierships that attest to that. Is there one that stands above the rest for you, or um, or one that you look back on more fondly? Oh, look, not really. They're all pretty hard to win, Sam. But um, you know you can't go past the the one where we're 46, 47 points down going into the last quarter um, against Mont. I think that's you know both played in a lot of big games and that's probably one of the best games I've been involved with in terms of where we're at um, and to kick oh, yeah, just to turn it around like we did was unbelievable and in, in 2017 you, you kicked the match winner against McLeod obviously that was a close game right throughout the day um, your thoughts when you were lining up for goal knowing that the game probably was, was riding on, on your shot at goal in, in the dying stages oh look up yeah I just I went back probably Quicker than everyone, there was spectators in the in the stands that come up to me after the game that put their heads down in their in their lap, and by the time they they sat up, I'd already kicked the goal. So um, yeah, I just I just went back and yeah, went through the process, got on with the got on with the kick pretty quickly because I, I knew the sign was thereabouts. I didn't really want to kick it after the sign, so they yeah, got back, kicked it, and yeah, fortunately for me, it uh, and the club yeah it went through. Um, you've you've obviously now also moved into the coaching side of things. You mentioned uh, last year that you, your daughter Chloe was was part of a premiership side, which you of course coach for Bandura. What's it been like being involved in a coaching capacity? I know you've done some work with the 19s as well, but but coaching a, a senior women's football team as well. Yeah, look, the the girls are a little bit different than the boys, um, but uh, the girls I had a fantastic group. Um, loved loved every minute of coaching them. Um, they listen, they learn, they want to get better. Um, yeah, so to have them, I suppose, as my, it was more of an outlet to sort of get away from the playing side of things. I could have a, a bit of a, an outlet on Sundays and teach them a thing or two and um, see them improve over the last two years has been uh, spectacular. I mean, they went up to Divi 1 this year and busted their chops and um, competed really hard and I mean, I was really proud of their efforts. Is coaching something that you'll look to continue in the future? Yeah, look, I'll probably look at going into something later. I might have a, a completely year year off and relax and go away on holiday and do some of those things. As footy's been a part of the the family for 28 years, so you know, I might take the wife away for for a holiday. And uh, and obviously it all comes to an end this coming Saturday. Your, your side treks out to um, Shelley Reserve. I'd imagine there's, there's disappointment. It's the first time in 20 years that the, the club's not playing senior finals, but um, what's the, the thoughts going into that, that final game, as you say, after a 28-year career? Yeah, look, I, last week was pretty emotional. Um, I suppose this week's going to be pretty similar, but, you know, I've got a North Heidelberg. I went to school with Brent Harvey and Shane Harvey. Um, my best mate, Shannon Green, his son plays for North Heidelberg, so... Yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty big day down there, and um, you know we haven't lost the North since I've I've been playing. So hopefully we uh, we we can uh, continue on that culture. 
Well, Gary, it's been an outstanding career on behalf of everyone at the Northern Football Netball League. We congratulate you on, on everything you've achieved. It's obviously been uh, you've been a highlight reel uh, you know, over the, the eight years you've been, or nine years you've been involved in the Northern Football Netball League. I think everyone's really enjoyed watching you play. So good luck this Saturday. Well done on everything you've achieved, and we certainly hope to still see you around the traps at the Northern Football Netball League. No, thanks for your support over the time too, mate. It's been appreciated. Fantastic to hear from one of the absolute superstars of the Northern Football Netball League, Gary Moorcroft, who bows out of senior football this weekend when Bandura travels to North Heidelberg. We now move into A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2. And Jared, for mine, it uh, it feels like it's a bit of a letdown as, as such this weekend. That no uh, no top four spot really up for grabs or, or no side can come in anyway. Um a bit of an anti-climax as such, given the, the year we've had, but that's all the result of St Mary's causing another, well, I was going to say another upset, but the way they've been, how regularly they've been producing them in, in recent times, it's probably what we've come to expect now. Uh, they down Diamond Creek in a come-from-behind win by four points at Watmore Park. It means Thomastown, even despite losing to Whittlesey in a close game at the weekend, will play finals for a second successive year. The Bears two points clear of Diamond Creek. The Creekers with a bye in round 18. Elsewhere in round 17, there was also wins for Banyul convincingly over Epping and the Fitzroy Stars returned to the winners with a win over Watsonia. So, Jared, with a, mu- uh, a round rather to play before finals, we've got Banyul and Whittlesey sitting first and second. 12 wins, 3 losses each. Banyul a percentage of 184. Whittlesey a percentage of 143. So, their positions on the ladder can change in the final round albeit they are assured the double chance and will meet in the second semi-final in uh, in a fortnight's time. Altham is third, 10 wins, 5 losses, a percentage of 138, and Thomastown fourth, 9 wins, 6 losses, a percentage of 124. This weekend, I guess uh, it's a chance for those sides to really just ramp up preparations for finals. We've got Thomastown at home up against Banyul, Altham hosts Epping, and elsewhere Whittlesey travels to Watsonia, and St Mary's finishes the season away to Fitzroy Stars at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval. For Diamond Creek, though, a second successive year without finals. It does sadly mean as well that uh, Craig Hayes' time as, as coach of the club has also come to an end. Uh, his side obviously losing at the weekend. They have the bye to finish up, so that game against St Mary's, his final game in charge of what's been a really successful time at Diamond Creek. Took them to a grand final, but certainly the year's finished prematurely for, from their point of view. Yeah, exactly. It obviously is such a competitive A-plus Labor Solutions Division 2 competition and and Diamond Creek just unfortunately come up against the St. Mary's side who, as we've said um, throughout the second half of the season, teams making or going for finals don't want to play this St. Mary's team and um, they've caused the upset against Diamond Creek and unfortunately ended Craig Hayes' coaching career. Um, it's, it's unfortunate because Diamond Creek have been a team that have uh, been so good for, for a long time now and um, unfortunate to see them miss finals, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a tough um, equation to fit yourself into when you've got the likes of Banyol, Whittlesey, Thomastown and Altham um, in, in the same division. Yeah, absolutely. On on St Mary's, I mean, great finish uh, to, the, to the year for them. They've got one more game to go. If they do win that game against the Stars, they will finish in sixth spot on the ladder. So there's plenty at stake for both those sides. They're all certainly a, a bit of pride at stake. Fitzroy Stars, six wins and a draw. St Mary's, six wins. So the winner of that will finish as the higher-ranked side. Um Looking at uh, at Thomastown, I mean, they 
would rather have won to, to secure their final spot. I'm sure they'll take it in, in any case anyway, but it's... It wasn't a damning loss at all. Whittlesey's been the form side of the competition in the back half of the year. Thomastown went away, really, with Whittlesey right throughout the game, lost it by 11 points. I know they didn't win, but their form suggests that if they get to finals, they... They deserve. They're certainly deserving of their spot, and, and they could, you know, cause a cause a few headaches there. Their issue has been more the fact that Altham's been the side they've struggled most against this year, who, who they're going to play in the first week of the finals. But if you look at things, you say, well, they've played Whittlesey twice, both times lost by less than two goals. We know against Banyul they should have won earlier in the year. They get a chance this weekend to come up against the latter leader again. Altham's been the one they've struggled against, and they twice beat Diamond Creek. So there's absolutely no doubt that they've deserved their final spot. But the loss at the weekend, I don't think it... Uh, I mean, obviously, they would have preferred to have won, but I think it actually still keeps them in a pretty good position heading into the finals. Yeah, they've got such good contributors across the ground. You kind of look at their best players from the weekend. Daniel Chadwick, uh, best on ground. Dylan Chapman's been a force in the ruck for them. Um Braden Plan up forward, kick three goals along with Josh Bear and, and still Capici gets on the scoreboard. Vasilevsky's in the best players. Ben Neshi's got some good senior experience up at Bandura. So they've got the players to, to really make a, a charge in finals and they're a team that is really scary and I think even if it's not this year, it's next year that they're, they're really going to be challenging for that premiership. So they're uh, they're obviously going to play finals once again. Altham returns this weekend. So for the Panthers, a chance to, to continue, I guess, to, to fine-tune under the, the tutelage of, of Brent McCaffrey and Michael. Still, obviously, they had a really good win first up against St Mary's, which stacks up even more now when we see what the Borough have done at the weekend. If you're looking at this weekend, again, there's no games that are going to really affect the shape of the four. We know that the first and second spots can switch around, potentially Altham and, and Thomastown too, but given the fact Altham's at home against Epping, not only would they have to lose, they'd have to also lose a bit of percentage and, and Thomastown would need to beat Banyul. So we feel that third and fourth are set in stone, but Whittlesey and Banyul both on the road. Minor premiership, do you think it means anything to, to either side? We know that they'll certainly be playing in the exact same final. It's a matter of what colour shorts you wear, but do you think those two sides, as a, as a matter of pride, would be really trying to, to push their case for, for that first spot, or is it more about just fine-tuning for finals? I, I think Banyul more so, I think just coming up against a side that is going to be in finals. They want it, They don't want to lose this one and drop their heads going into finals and give Thomastown a bit of confidence. Um, I think we'll see against Watsonia, they go in as comfortable favourites and they should win that game. But yeah, I think Banyul are going to go into this one and say, well, we want to make our, like, stamp our authority on this competition and stamp ourselves as premiership favourites. Yeah, I think that it's a big, big week for, for Banyul. At the weekend, they, they did what they had to up against Epping. But if you look at the other sides that are currently playing finals, I know Thomastown, again, disappointed to lose at the weekend, but it's actually their first loss under Scott Plant. It was five wins in a row going into that one there. Altham will, we still, the jury will be out on them purely for the fact that under a new, under two new coaches, how they'll perform thereafter. Their form had been building. Um, they had that loss against Banyul, which which did set them back. But since then, have had two convincing wins. I know they're against sides aren't in the four, but as always, we keep saying St Mary's form is stacking up. Whittlesey is absolutely on fire. Haven't lost all the way since playing Banyul, which was back in round eight. So they're building as, as certainly the side that's taking the best form into finals and. And Banyul, yes, they've won three of the past five games. The Altham win was the best of those, no doubt about it. But they did trail for three quarters, a fantastic last quarter that day. 
Stars, well, they, they beat them by seven points, had to hold off a late finish, lost to Whittlesey in, in really heavy conditions, and, and obviously did what they have to against Epping. So it's three of the past five, but I think they would have preferred to be a bit more convincing. Do get probably all of their better players on the park when he gets the final. So I think that'll see them really lift a, another gear once again, once they get there. So uh, at the weekend, uh, did what they had to against Epping. But I think they'd be really looking for a, an all-round performance this weekend against Thomastown. And again, whether you're first or second, maybe it doesn't have a real difference, but I think it's more about taking momentum into the final series. So uh, that's a, a big game there. So looking back again, just re- recapping this week's games, Watsonia up against Whittlesey at AK Lions Reserve, Eltham at home to Epping at Eltham Central Park, Banyul travels to Main Street Rec Reserve, where they take on Thomastown. It's the Clash of the Bears and the Fitzroy Stars at home to St. Mary's at Sir Douglas Nichols Oval. It's, as we say, that Thomastown Banyol game, we thought that could well be riding uh, yep. for a spot in the finals. As it stands, it's just going to be a matter of whether Banyol wins to secure first spot on the table. If they lose, you'd imagine they will slip to second with Whittlesey, the hottest of favourites up against Watsonia. We'll take a short break. On the other side of this, we'll take a look at the upcoming action in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, where finals commence for the uh, action in the seniors and reserves. You're listening to the NFL podcast. The Meadows is a functions and events centre with a difference. Only 25 minutes from the city and 10 minutes from the airport with free parking, Wi-Fi and AV access. It's the ideal venue for your next conference, trade show, expo or seminar. You can even hold an event on a Greyhound race night for extra entertainment. And don't forget the Meadows' new loyalty program, the 525 Club. Download it free from your app store. For more info, visit themeadowsevents.com.au. We now turn our attention to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, where we have the beginning of finals this weekend. Games to be played on both Saturday and Sunday at the Whittlesey Showgrounds. On Saturday, from a senior's perspective, we have the second semi-final. The Panton Hill Footy Club up against Lorimer. The winner will progress straight through to the grand final on Sunday. It is Kilmore up against South Morang. First semi-final also at Whittlesey Showgrounds. Kilmore playing finals for the first time in 17 years. The first time since joining the Northern Football Netball League. Jared, the round 18 results will... It was an interesting way to finish the year, wasn't it? We obviously knew that Lorimer and Panton Hill were fighting out for first spot. Lorimer had uh, a disappointing loss up against South Morang. That means that they slipped to second uh, despite holding first spot on the ladder for the majority of the season. They've fallen behind Panton Hill on percentage. The Redbacks uh, were absolutely dominant in their victory over Reservoir. kicking 31 goals in that game and kicking uh, more than 200 points uh, throughout the day. And I guess uh, we knew uh, that the Kilmore-Layla game wouldn't have much of an impact on, on the ladder, but Kilmore's really given itself a, a great uh, great preparation for finals with a massive victory. Old Altham Collegians and Mernda, well, in the end, that game there, we thought it could impact the top four. It didn't, despite the fact Mernda won that one, came from behind. South Morang's upset win over at Lorimer means they play finals yet again. Haven't missed the finals since returning to third division in 2014. And unfortunately for Moonda, the third time in four years that they've been forced to endure heartache on the final day of the year, albeit in different circumstances this year. The previous two times in the top four all year, lost the last game and slipped out. This year, 
outside all year. Had to win the last one to have any hope. Held up their end of the bargain. But South Morang with that upset win. 50 points against Lorimer. Takes the final spot. So there's plenty to dissect out of all of that. We might start first with the loser there, Lorimer. What does that mean for them? Two losses from their past three going into finals. They now come up against a red-hot Panton Hill and the pressure's certainly building. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you kind of look at teams that are going undefeated throughout seasons and you kind of say maybe they need a loss going into finals and we thought that might have been the case when they went down to Panton Hill. But to get another loss and, and by 50 points to South Frank, it's just it's it's a worrying signs for Lorimer. Um, they'll go into finals now. We know they can beat Panton Hill. We know they can beat all these sides that they're going to come up against in finals, but there they might just be a little little bit in the back of their heads that just thinks maybe they can't do it, and um, it's going to be a really interesting matchup this week against Panton Hill. Yeah, it's not so much the fact that they lost. It's, I guess, how much they yep. lost by would be the, the greater concern there. They were down by only four points at, at quarter time, but uh, went down by 50 after the first break. It was 12 goals to five. Alex Kalaitis was a star for South Rang. He kicked six. Luke Shelton had a big day as well. So questions are going to be posed, but we know that uh, finals, it uh, brings a, a whole new ball game and for Lorimer the beauty of being so dominant early in the year means that despite having a, a bit of a hiccup late in the year um, that they've also now got that double chance so it gives them that opportunity this weekend even with a loss to continue their campaign so they'll take on Panton Hill the Redbacks are firing on all cylinders Jared they kicked 31 goals at the weekend dominant display and I think for most, despite the fact that they finished equal on points with Lorimer, they'll enter this year's final series as the, the premiership favourite. Something they didn't do last year, of course, everyone was expecting St Mary's. That, well, they certainly took the favouritism tag into the finals, won two close finals against the Redback to, to win the flag. But this year against Panton Hill, they've uh, or for Panton Hill rather, finished first on the ladder. And I think they'll deservingly go in as, as the flag favourite, given what they've produced over... Well, over the course of the season, but in particular over the past two months. Yeah, exactly. And you, you kind of look at the ladder for D- Division 3 and you see Penton Hill have scored more than any other side by about 600 points this season. And, and they've allowed the least amount of points, only 818 points allowed this season. And the next best is Kilmore have allowed 905. So top in both of those. And it's just a, a percentage of 235 is really scary. And um, they've hit form at the right time. And I think they're, they're a really good chance this year. Yeah, I know we spoke couple of weeks ago to their coach Steve Layton he was really confident that they're in a much better position this year than they were last year and having said that they were pretty content with how they went into last year's final series but they've got their best players in in great form I know a few didn't play at the weekend's game uh, in in defeating Reservoir didn't have uh, Daniel Freeman who's had a a really good campaign but Scott Conti bounced back uh, and like he said he had that ankle injury a couple sorry that that, uh, head knock a couple of weeks ago and he bounced back and uh, on the weekend was, was dominant once again we know that, that in the forward half of the ground, they're just so... I mean, or should, I guess the biggest issue for opposition clubs is Reese Borden's in fantastic form on 76 goals for the season, but they're not you know, completely focused on, on going to Borden. Yeah. Matty Byron's had a dominant campaign. They'll get plenty of goals out of Cam Jordan and Alex Sadar because we've kicked 50 between them. So you've talked about the back line. We've talked about the midfield. The forward line's more than stacks up. It's the best in the competition. And then in the rucks, they've got Joel McClellan and, and also Nick Parks as well. So they're certainly the most rounded side. Um, but uh, obviously this weekend this is a major challenge. They'll come up against the Lorimer side, which will be, I guess, looking to atone for that really disappointing end to the year, but also for that, that previous loss as well. So we know that um, previous form, well, 
it gives us a measure perhaps as to what might happen, but you still start the game at, at zero apiece. So it is going to be a, a really big game, that one there. First grand final spot on the line. And I'm certainly expecting Panton Hill to, to win that one. I, I think it'll be closer than uh, the maybe recent form might suggest, yeah. but I think the Panton Hill Redbacks will, will take the win and take the first spot in the grand final. On, on Sunday... Kilmore up against South Morangan. Now, this is a really interesting game because Kilmore, well, it's a whole new ball game for them. We don't know how they'll adapt in finals given the fact that they haven't, as a club at senior level, been uh, in a final for, for such a long period of time. So it's great to see them uh, come across to the Northern Football Netball League and in the space of, uh, of three years now be able to, to reach finals, having only won a, a handful of games in, in the couple of years that, that preceded their, their move to the Northern Footy Netball League. But they come up against a side which they may have hoped to have avoided. That's being South Morang. The Lions have won both encounters between the sides this year. Um, South Morang, well, we talk about form lines. This is hard to read because they had a couple of big wins, absolutely smashed by Old Altham prior to their buy in round 17, but then backed up and had a 50-point win over Lorimer. So they reach yet another finals, means they've played finals every year since 2014. But this is a really hard one to, to try and tip a winner in. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, a, a, a huge loss to Old Alton before the before the bye. And you kind of think, well, maybe that plays into the heads. They have two weeks to stew over that loss and they know what is at stake going into the last round against Lorimer. That could really hurt some teams and, and really get in un, like, get onto their mental game. And um, to come out against Lorimer in the last round and, and win so emphatically is just such a great result for that club. And um, another finals appearance is uh, a good sign for the club. If you look at the two games they've played so far this year, the most recent one was played in round 14. It was a day that was certainly heavily wind-affected. South Morang uh, probably won the game in the first quarter when they kicked a goal apiece, kicking into the breeze, and then were able to take a 32-point lead at halftime, fell behind at three-quarter time, but then in the last quarter kicked four unanswered goals with the aid of the breeze. Back in round one, so a long time back, it was Kilmore who led for most of the day, but South Morang fought back late. Despite trailing by 16 points at the first break, won that one by six points. So they won the both encounters this year. Kilmore, well, they had a, a bit of a, a, a shaky time later in the year, uh, dropped a few games, but they'll go in with confidence given the fact that in their last three games they've had convincing wins at home to both Heidelberg West and Laylor. Pretty competitive against Panton Hill in a 26-point defeat. So their past three weeks have been pretty good. That's after losing a couple, which just all of a sudden meant that their final place was in jeopardy a little bit. But if you had to try and tip a side that might go through and reach a preliminary final, which which way might you be leaning? Um, oh, that's a really tough one. I think, I think I'd just be leaning towards South Morang, um, just because of that finals experience. I know they've got some players who have played in some big finals for, for the club, so... I think that might just tip them in in the favour. Um, Kilmore, it's a great experience for that club to, to come into finals and and, and really get gain that experience because a lot of their players won't have tasted the finals footy a lot um, over the last few years. So it's it's going to be a real tough matchup. But I think South Rang just had the edge. I think more than any final in in recent times. I think the the first quarter of that game is going to be really telling because we know that both sides have relatively young list, but yeah. South Morang will have more experience that's played in, in finals throughout, and, and many of which uh, have, have even played in the grand final two years ago against Banyol. But for Kilmore, it's about just settling those nerves early. 
lots of young players through the side. They'll be banking on the experience of players like Lee Irons and also uh, their skipper Ben Sek Marcus, Marcus Webb, uh, Steve McIntyre to really guide the young kids through. But I'm looking forward to seeing how those young kids perform on the big stage. The likes of you know Chris Ryle, Grant Paxton, Jeremy Topham, they've all had great campaigns again this year. Uh, Ryle's been a star since uh, coming across from, from Caulfield, but really looking forward to seeing how they go on the big stage. So that's a, a massive weekend of, of finals action coming up. All the details uh, regarding entry and, and, and times and whatnot, head to nfnl.org.au. So that's the, the look at Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. We've also got women's finals on Sunday. It is the three uh, preliminary finals, so the last of the grand final spots are on the line. Of course, we know that VU Western Spurs has banked its place in the grand final in all three grades. So this Sunday, 10 o'clock, in the action in Mervac Division 3 women's. We've got Lorimer up against Greensboro. Greensboro finished the season in first spot, but Lorimer was victorious when those sides met uh, just uh, in the qualifying final two weeks ago. Uh, it was an upset. We uh, certainly mentioned that at the time, but Lorimer came from behind produced the win by less than a kick. So Greensboro will have a point to prove. They were first for the majority of the year, lost the last round, lost top spot, then lost by two points in the qualifying final, but um, 63-point winners at the weekend. Lorimer had a defeat to VU Western Spurs, so the winner, as we say, goes through and plays the Spurs. In the 11:55 game, MC Security Division 2, South Morang is up against Heidelberg. These two sides also met in the opening week of the final. South Morang was too good on that occasion, but since uh, on the weekend that just went by, Heidelberg had a a morale-boosting win over Altham to reach this preliminary final. South Morang was no match for VU Western Spurs, and uh, that'll be a, a great contest. 11.55, Epping Rec Reserve, and then the day concludes with the big clash between two arch-rivals, Darabont and Diamond Creek women's ANZ Division One women's action, the winner to go through to the grand final. Darabont proved that if they can reach it, they can match it with VU at the weekend, uh, ran them within three goals. But Diamond Creek women's form has been outstanding in wins already this final series over both West Preston Lakeside and Montmorency. So they're entering in great form as well. Massive game, that one. Again, all the entry details at nfnl.org.au. But before signing off this week's podcast, we did catch up with the coach of Diamond Creek women's, Cole Wellington, ahead of his side's preliminary final up against the Darabin Falcons. Cole, obviously exciting times for the club on the, I guess, on the verge of uh, one of the biggest games of the season. Yeah, mate, uh, very, very exciting. Um, yeah, to be quite honest, didn't think at the start of this year um, we'll be playing in a prelim. More than happy to get a, a group of girls on the park and uh, and uh, play play some footy for the year. But uh, to get to a prelim, yeah, the girls have really, um, yeah, their, their drive to have some success um, this year is starting to show. Like towards the tail end of the year, we've really started putting some uh, good wins on the board and. Um, play some really good consistent footy. You went into the finals in pretty good nick. You had massive wins over Bandura and West Preston Lakeside in the final two rounds, but it seems that you've taken your game to another level when you, once you've gone to, to Epping Rec Reserve. You're down the Roosters in the elimination final and then at the weekend, convincing winners over what was the third place, Montmorency winning that one there uh, by more than seven goals. What have you made of, of the two performances during the final series? Um, well... We, we played West Preston uh, the last round, and um, it was it was pretty convincing win on our behalf. Um, you know, just telling the girls prior to 
the first round of finals, just letting them know, you know, finals are a whole new new caper. It doesn't matter that ladder, where you're sitting, percentages or anything like that. Um, and West Preston, to, you know, to their credit, they come out pretty good. So that first half, um, you know, it wasn't the same repeated performance uh, the last round. But, yeah, it was really consistent through the game. The girls, you know, half-time I had a really good chat with them. Um, you know, just got it back on our terms. And after half-time, that's when they started playing our brand of footy. And then obviously back, um, back that up again on, on the weekend against Montmorency when uh, you were convincing winners winning that one 10-5, 65 to, to three goals, one nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So it was um, it was actually, I was quite shocked actually, very shocked. I just didn't, I didn't think that the game would go uh, the way it did. I mean, I have all confidence in, in my whole playing group, but uh, Monty is always, both times we played and the first time we drew against them, that was a, you know, a, a very hard-hitting clash. And then the second time, same thing, you know, we ended up winning the game um, probably the last three or, you know, last probably five minutes or six minutes of the game um, to take that one. But, yeah, I didn't think that it would be this kind of, uh, that kind of game. I thought it would be a bit more of a hard-hitting game. Um, but we were able to get a, our free-throw game happening. It was just really, we opened them up very, very easily through, uh, through the first and second quarter. And then... Um, we were able to, you know, use the use the ground to our ability and the rest of our ability and coming up forward or hitting targets even in the wet weather. Um, yeah, a few of the girls really, yeah, um, switched on from from the get go, which was good. It was a whole group effort. It wasn't just individual base, but the whole group um, did their part and, and played it very well. Well, it's, it's obviously great to hear and obviously great that they're stepping up uh, another notch at the most important time of the year. Who, who have you seen as the key players throughout the campaign to, to be able to get you to at least the, the second last weekend of the season? Uh, look, at, at, a lot's got to go to the defenders in our midfield. Obviously, it, 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 the forward line's working well with Linda up forward at the moment, um, isolating her up there and you know, she's kicking a few few here and there. But um, our defenders uh, through, you know, Catherine Burns, um, she's been playing fantastic football, holding that up. You know, on the weekend, uh, we had Diana Haynes uh, come back down to us uh, from VFL. So um, having these kind of girls coming through the system and, you know, being able to play our, our brand of footy at, at Dymo, the brand that they love, and getting back to local footy has been really good, you know. But... Um, you know, along with our midfielders, Doxy, Amanda Kennedy, she's been uh, fantastic as well. Um, it's hard to, to individualise because over probably the last few weeks, it's not the last four weeks of, of footy for us. Uh, it's been a really good group effort. We've really come of, come of age, so to speak. So, uh, game plan's working well and, uh, yeah, total buy-in from the group and the girls, it's starting to show. What's it been like for, for yourself coming into the Diamond Creek Women's Football Club? Obviously, a, a great history at women's in women's football, rather. How have you found coming in and, and, and taking that on as, uh, as your first time as a coach of a, of a women's football side? Um, well, you know, at, at the start, I was... I was um, yeah, I just, I, it was good. I was always a bit, like, not sceptical, but like, well, oh, you know what? It's a challenge, like, let's do it. And um, I really took it on board, put, you know, 110% effort in, um, you know, at, at a start, we had probably about three or four girls uh, rock up to our meetings. And then, you know, three or four girls turned into 50-odd uh, girls. So two teams we got off on the park and, um, you know, had a couple, obviously, VFL-listed players that are still playing with VFL. So it strengthens us for future references, obviously. But I think um, coming in from the start, for me, it was just about taking a couple of steps back to what I'm used to with coaching 
uh, men's football and, um, you know, changing my terminology, uh, not being able to be so uh, full on to begin with. Um, obviously, we had 15 or 16, 17 girls that come in and played their first game of footy, first year of footy at Diamond Creek. So that's why we were able to put a, a, a second team uh, up at Diamond Creek. So it's just, I think it's a credit to a lot of the girls for themselves to start off with basic stuff at the start. And then we're, we're heading into a preliminary finals. I'm, I'm still speechless to a degree and, and gobsmacked with how well we've done, but it is an absolute credit to the girls with, with you know, where we've got to. And in that preliminary final, you come up against probably the club's oldest rival in Darabin. You've played, or certainly the past two times that you've played them, pretty close games. They've got the points both times, 13 points and 7 points. Obviously, it's a massive occasion where you know the winner goes yeah. through and plays VU in the grand final. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just sitting here talking about it. We're, the girls are pumped. We are, um, you know, both times we played them at home the first time. Um, our efforts didn't really show on the scoreboard. You know, and we're still trying to get used to the game plan, still trying to get things happening as well. Uh, the second time, yeah, it was it was legitimately that. Our efforts, we had majority of the game, like, in our hands. The ball was always, you know, pretty much with us. Just really did not show. Uh, on the scoreboard, um, and obviously the last quarter, the, the, uh, one of the girls from Darabin had an accident, so the game got called off within the first five minutes because an ambulance had to get called. So um, we're really looking forward to a real tough hit out, um, you know, this coming Sunday against Darabin because, yeah, as you said, it's a rich history. Um, I've got, you know, I find out every week with stuff and uh, how the history's gone. You know, Stacey Cross been there for X amount of years and a few of the other girls as well have been there for X amount of years and you know they've lost grand finals to them and you know they've won grand finals against them so it's um, yeah there's a lot of history there and, and I guarantee you on Sunday it's, it's going to be a game where it's up and about and you just don't want to miss it because it'll be yeah, really good and Where do you think is the game will be won and lost what's the, the most important factor that uh, that you have to I guess uh, to quell from Darabin and, and what do you need to do to, to ensure that uh, you get that spot in the grand final You know I've always said to the girls, I believe in them. Um, I believe in their abilities. I believe in, you know, what the way they've gone about this year and to get where we where we are now. Um, that's all it, all it needs. Just to have the belief in their, the game plan, have a belief in um, everyone's role and doing it the right way. Um, and I believe everybody will get over. We'll, we'll, we could possibly get over Darabin. Obviously, finals, um, you can't say we'll, we'll win at 100%, but... Uh, we play like we have been playing the last four to five weeks. Um, you know, I think it'll be very hard for Darabin to, to, to beat a, a strong side like us at the moment. You know, we're coming into really good form. Um, and, you know, even speaking with uh, Chrissy from VU, the, their senior coach, you know, she was pretty confident with us going to meet her in the grand final. And that was before the finals were even played. So um, she could see that we're coming of age as well and that she's liking our brand of footy too. So, um, yeah, it all depends on how the weekend goes. Hopefully it goes all our way and um, the week after we're in the grand final against VU. Well, Cole, congratulations on, on the two previous wins over the finals. All the very best in this week's coming game against Darabin. It's one everyone's certainly looking forward to there. So all the very best in that and thank you for joining us on the NFNL podcast. Uh, thank you, sir. We all appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, look forward to hearing from you again.
And wrapping up this week's edition of the NFNL podcast, we are joined by the NFNL junior football manager, Paul Rogash. Paul, obviously a very exciting weekend on the NFNL calendar coming up. On Sunday, we have our junior grand finals, 25 games right across the northern region. Fantastic to have so many different clubs participating on the day. It is, Samuel. Thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, yeah, It all culminates this week uh, for, for Grand Final Day for the juniors, so it's very exciting for everyone involved, um, all the clubs involved. Uh, I know we're very excited to, to get into it, and uh, yeah, it should be a good weekend. 25 games, 19 clubs participating, so great to have uh, so many involved on, on the, the biggest day of the season. Um, obviously, there's plenty of grounds to get to as well. Eight venues. What are the, what are the grounds we're going to be playing at these, these Junior Grand Final Day? Yep, so um, same uh, same grounds as what we had for preliminary final week last week. Um, so you've got uh, Coventry Oval at, at Diamond Creek. Then we've got uh, Reservoir's home ground in Chris Park. Uh, we've got Barling Park, the uh, Northern Footy Netball League Oval. Uh, Keon Park, so J.C. Donath, uh, West Preston, J.E. Moore Park, uh, South Morang, Mill Park Lakes Reserve, which is actually a synthetic surface, which has been fantastic for, for the younger groups uh, throughout the final series. Uh, we got Mill Park, uh, which is Red Leap Oval, and then out at Wallen as well. And at this time of the year, obviously, it's a very exciting time, but we do know that sometimes that uh, the emotions are a bit higher at this time of year as well, but we'd imagine there's, the expectation is the same from all players and spectators alike to, to enjoy the day and uh, and obviously you know, put, take your, you know, put your absolute best out in the field, but uh, obviously be humble in, in victory, but also gracious in defeat. Exactly right, yeah, and it's been fantastic throughout the final series so far. Um, you know, majority of people are great in supporting, supporting their team and... Um, and winning and losing gracefully and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, we employ everyone to do the same this week. Um, the, the main message, I guess, is that it is all about the kids uh, and them having fun. Um, so that's for, for players and spectators alike. We expect the kids to go out there and have fun and play in the right spirit, as they have been all year. Uh, and we expect the, the spectators to support um, everyone in the right spirit, uh, as as majority have all year. So... Uh, yeah, no different this week. I know the stakes are a bit higher and can sometimes uh, get a bit willing out there, um, but we would expect that uh, everyone makes it an enjoyable, enjoyable experience for uh, for all the kids involved and all the spectators. And that's uh, obviously exactly what it's all about. That the kids out there, free entry as well. So we really encourage everyone to to get around and, and support whether it's you know your son or daughter. You know we hope to see grandparents out there, family friends as well. But free entry across all of those venues, every game to be filmed, so we can purchase the uh, the final copies uh, from next week onwards as well, all those details on the NFNL website as well. Paul, we've had already two weeks of the Watermark Junior Final Series. This will obviously culminate at all uh, this Sunday, August 25, but what have you made over the past two weeks and, and how have you seen the games across the, the final series thus far? Yeah, it's been, as I said, it's been a great final series uh uh, so far, uh, plenty of close games, uh, which is fantastic to see. I think we had a we had a draw in the first week that went to extra time, and uh, and yeah, there's been a lot of games uh, sort of decided by a goal, two goals, which is great because you want uh, you want uh, everyone to go into the finals, you know, having a realistic chance of of uh, pulling off the uh, the big game, um, you know, on their day. So you don't want it to be one sided at any stage. So most of the games have been like that, which is what we want to see. So, uh, and as I've said, the support um, from spectators and behaviour from players throughout the finals has been uh, fantastic so far. So, 
we hope that continues. Earlier this week, we had an exciting night, the junior presentation night as well. Great to see, I guess, the junior stars of the competition recognise also the, the junior umpires. We had some coaching awards as well, but a great recognition for, for those who have really excelled on the footy field throughout the, the 2019 season. Yeah, it is. It is. And it was, it was a great night for all. And the, you can see the kids enjoy being there and enjoy the, seeing their names and their photos up on, on, on the big screen, as we all do. Um, yeah, and, and look, everyone... Uh, Everyone turned up well. We had a great turnout there. I think about 800 people um, there at uh, La Trobe Uni. So um, it was a really good night for all involved. And as you said, very important to just acknowledge players, coaches um, and clubs. We had Montmorency Junior Footy Club win the Club of the Year as well. Um, and there was a, a number of finalists in that. So it was great to, to recognise the great work that they've done um, too. So that was a good part of the night. Um, what have you seen or have you seen the season as a whole right across the, the junior competition? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a great season. I, I think um, everyone's you know enjoyed being involved involved in it. Um, yeah, a lot of close games. You, we're always going to have some some games that uh, are a bit one sided, but that's that's just the nature of having a big competition. And um, hopefully, the the grading, the different divisions, uh, minimise those sort of games. But the uh, majority uh, have been nice and close. And again, um, behaviour's been great, and players have been fantastic on the field. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's been a, a good, successful season so far. And uh, I guess from a personal point of view, your first year in the role obviously generally takes 12 months to, to really go through the whole season and go through that cycle. But preparing, I guess, already for 2020, that'll probably start taking place uh, as of or following this weekend. But uh, in terms of rolling on to, to next year, how are we shaping going forward with even things like representative programs? Yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, I come in at, in February this year, Samuel, so thrown, uh, thrown straight into the, uh, into the heat and uh, straight into the season. So... Um, you know, a bit more, have a bit more preparation time this year, as you say, which will help and uh, and just get my head around everything uh, building up uh, into next season. Uh, yeah, rep footy, we're we're looking at uh, coaches at the moment, and we're um, so we're trying to get them them locked in, um, and we'll get some nominations from clubs around the kids uh, to come and play with us. You got a good idea for for the under 15s um, from the under 14s this year, some of the kids that played. Um, but that's not to say we won't bring plenty of new kids in and, and give uh, everyone equal opportunity there. So, um, you know, excited for that. There was a great uh, great series earlier this year. Um, all the kids that played represented uh, the Northern Footy Netball League uh, brilliantly. Uh, and, and we're looking forward to that happening again. Well, Paul, we appreciate your time. Obviously, a very busy weekend. It is a very exciting conclusion to the season. So we wish all the teams stepping out this weekend the best of luck in their pursuits. Um, thank you for giving up your time uh, beforehand. And I'm sure we're all looking forward to a great Junior Grand Final Day this, this coming Sunday. Thanks, Samuel. Yep, good luck to uh, all competing teams. And I uh, hope everyone plays well and enjoys the day. Paul Rogash, the Northern Football Netball League Junior Football Manager. That does conclude this week's episode. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in. Do enjoy your weekend of Northern Football Netball League action. You've been listening to the NFNL Podcast. Podcast.